0: following episode is a continuation of our last episode for passion's sake part one if you have not listened to that yet we highly recommend that you do before continuing on with this one enjoy
1: lucky in our theater program but like the worst thing that's ever happened to me was not getting the role I wanted in something but still getting cast Mm. you know like even putting my work out there like I did like a a singing lesson on Instagram live with my vocal teacher um and it was just to like help promote some of her stuff because she is looking for more students so she does like lessons on live um to make sure that Like, just to get exposure so people see how she works to see if they want to take a class from her. And I did it with her. And, like, when you go on Instagram Live, everybody who follows you gets a notification for Mm -hmm. it. And so these two guys who, like, I don't even know anymore. I only follow them because we were in the same grade when I was living in London. They, like, came onto the Live. And, like, they weren't being mean towards me directly or what I was doing. But they were spamming the chat trolling saying some like inappropriate stuff and like the feeling I got from that was like the worst I've ever felt about like putting myself out there with my art Mm -hmm. and like knowing that it would be that times like a thousand if I got big like that terrifies me to the point where sometimes I'm like what if I am just housewife, I will stay home, take care of the kids, you know, not to, like, be whatever, but, like, it scares me so much that, like, people could really hate on me that much and, like, give that much criticism, and sometimes with absolutely zero basis, but it would still, like, hit that hard. And then, like, a minor fear about my industry is that, like, I'm really scared that I won't be able to raise my own kids. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm a famous actress wow um no but but, that's a valid thing to say or like if I'm on Broadway Broadway like your shows are at like eight at night that's when kids go to bed Lauren and I have actually talked about this a lot for both of us because of the nature of what we both want to do like I kind of want to be like a young mother like I want to be decently young when I have my kids I'm really scared that I won't be able to like raise them Mm
0: -hmm. like do both
1: yeah Mm -hmm. like how can I have my career when I'm like jetting off to wherever to go on set and still, like, raise my kids and let them have a stable, like, household and, like, a life in one place where they get to be, like, normal people, you know? Yeah.
0: I think a lot of those viewers, like, also apply to us, you know? And, like, when you brought up kids, I thought you were going to say that, like, once you become famous, your kids kind of, like, get put under a spotlight and it's something that they don't choose, you know? Mm -hmm. like. I've noticed That's what a that there's yeah, celebrity parents say. Yeah, and like a lot of celebrity people, um, parents <laughs> actually the only person I can think of now is Casey Neistat. Is that he just makes a conscious decision not to show his kids' face yeah. on any social media until I think they're like Miranda the...
1: always covers his kid's face. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively make it a like people mm-hmm. didn't know that they were even having a third kid until <laughs> like and the first time they saw the like kids' faces was when they all went out for, like, Ryan Reynolds getting a holiday oh, season or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just
0: think it's a very delicate balance. Like, it's part of it is you being present as a parent, and the other part is, like, knowing when to protect your kids and, right. like, knowing kind of, like, where the line is. Like, I feel like you can only be so famous to the point where – or, like, at, at a certain point, it just starts to hurt you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, sure, you can become so famous and, like, you have all this money and you can provide so many opportunities for, like, you and your family – But I feel like once you reach that threshold of fame from that, it's just like, there's not enough money in the world to compensate for your privacy or like Mm -hmm. protection,
2: you know? It's so strange because that's like, I can totally empathize, but that's so not an issue for writers. Like, Mm. I mean, the kind of literary fame that people look for isn't the same kind of fame. It's like, you want to be famous in the mm. literary community. You want professors to use their texts and the, mm. to use your texts in their classroom. I think Donna Tart is like one of the best authors alive today, but I don't even know what she looks like. <laughs> like, you know so- what I mean? Sorry. If Donna,
0: is listening, <laughs> if we'll Donna Tart is listening, I love super you. super
2: sorry. I love you. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I mean, that's just not like what it like. Maybe with like YA authors, right? Because that's the kind of where, where like you have a Twitter account and you like engage with the fans. Mm-hmm. But like,
0: um, also Shel Silverstein, the back of the Giving Tree. Oh, I love Shel <laughs> I, <love laughs> <Cheryl.
2: laughs> I mean, all I of will this- never
0: forget what he. Was <laughs> like.
2: So I know the shell Silverstein. <laughs> no, but. No. Authors have like their author portrait, you know, but it, mm-hmm. like it's not really the thing you focus on because your writing is so so personal that like you already get that, and it's like, you know, I don't know, I guess you just don't really go looking the other kinds of, like, info about them. There will always be people who hate your writing, but the thing is, good like, reads. <laughs> I love reading Goodreads <laughs> for good That's what I was going to say, right? Goodreads <laughs> reviews. Wow. Yeah, but it's just so, like, you almost learn to, like, discount that kind of stuff as a writer, because you grow up seeing, like, like, you would click on a Faulkner novel on Goodreads, and it will mm. be, like, three stars, and people are like, <laughs> worst book I've ever read. I'm like, achieve enough literary veneration for people to go about criticizing you it's like well it's like you're criticizing me but I've achieved my goal by being that known you know yeah. what I mean mm-hmm. yeah and that's like, true when you read like literary criticism of your work that's valid it's like okay this is great it can help me improve my writing but like mm-hmm. as a writer like I just if someone's like this book is boring like it just wouldn't really affect me because I'd be like well enough people read it that it clearly isn't mm-hmm. and also like a lot of literature people consider it boring and it's just because they don't really like care that much about it, right? So
0: Yeah, like I don't know, kind of like to each their own genre and
2: stuff. Yeah, like like, the the only kind of the kind of hate that's threatening to a writer isn't like the fans, it's the publishers and like sending Mm. your work again and again Mm. and people writing you back and being like, No, we're not gonna publish this, we're never gonna no one's ever gonna publish this. Right. So the last thing we want to talk about is um I think for every art, there's kind of, like, a stereotype of what that artist looks and behaves like. And so, I don't know, do we think that we fit into those? I hope not.
0: <laughs> well, for me, at least. Well,
2: there are some good stereotypes for all of them.
0: Like, Well, from my personal experience, just, like, from what I've seen online and, like, from the news, your famous film director is a white man, which is okay, who <laughs> is very arrogant I Mm. think seems to be like the general vibe and like Mm. you know the big ego vibes yeah which I kind of understand like you need to have a really thick skin going into that line of work and like like showing your film in class and just having like people criticize it it can definitely get like really hard on you if you don't believe in yourself yeah it's just that like it's too much Mm. it is it's too much and I don't want to be I don't know I don't want to be that person Mm -hmm. so let me know how I can succeed, but also not be an arrogant white boy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you got me knocked
0: out. <laughs> that the
2: Actually, that's, yeah. there's definitely the stereotype of the arrogant white man in writing as well. Like, who's like the guy in your workshop and he comes up to you and he like asks if you've read Bukowski. You know what I mean? He's like, oh. have you heard of such and such? And I, I think like male filmmakers have a stereotype of being the way too which like you know isn't always true they're like actually a lot of boys who write are like really sweet and empathetic but some of them aren't
0: (laughs) yeah i mean you know it's like it's definitely a stereotype right like it does not apply to everyone it's just Mm -hmm. like it's a stereotype for a reason and you definitely see it spread out across like your fields but also it is like assuring to know that that's slowly deteriorating Mm -hmm. as time goes on like we have Greta Gerwig we have Queen, other cool directors like, the other ones I can think of are white and male. Ugh. I just love mm. what they make. True, you know? true, true, right. So, like, like it doesn't apply to everyone, obviously. Right. But, yeah.
2: yeah. Just to be clear, I feel like sometimes we say, like, boys as, like, a blanket kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah. We hate misandry. We love boys. It's yeah. just that there are stereotypes that exist.
0: Unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah. we
2: hope we're acknowledging that those are stereotypes and don't apply to most people. Right. So.
0: What about you, Joy? What is the... The
1: theater kid. When the theater kid's doing Like, you you hear it and you already know. Like, it's these kids who are super loud, very extroverted, and then even within the theater community, you get, like, there are so many different, like, sub-stereotypes that, like, I saw any time I'm involved with something in theater, and specifically at, like, my college auditions this fall there's the one who's always like pulling the obscure reference out of their ass being like oh you've never heard of this show that was only produced on off off broadway in 1945 and it's like i didn't but that doesn't (laughs) make me love theater any less i think there's arrogance there too but again with what you do i think you have to have like that forfeiture but what i something that i really don't like is kind of like the notion that you have to be a lead you have to Mm. to be successful and like you know like why don't we talk about like all the people who are in ensembles and chorus work, like, wow, they do the... Honestly, the bulk of the work for shows. Um, Understudies are, like, freaking better than leads because they have to know the They memorize, like, three different tracks and know it by heart and are able to take over in, like, a moment's notice. Like, um... But kind of, like, yeah, like, the loud, like, obnoxious, like, theater kid who's always singing. And, like, yeah, like, I think when I'm around other theater kids I definitely can fall into it Mm -hmm. as well like I think I've kind of trained myself to be able to adapt to that environment because a lot of the times if you're like the quiet kid in a theater class you're not going to get noticed I kind of have like my theater personality that I can take on if I really need to but yeah like I I'm not someone who's very like extroverted or like always the first person to volunteer or you know or like will willingly sing if asked so i don't know i think i differ a lot from like the classic quote-unquote like theater like musical theater girl but i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because you see those types of people succeed and they're honestly all the time really really talented but i think i can do it but it's not me all the time
2: Mm. i mean i think that like stereotypes are just like the bad side of like the good traits that you need to have right Mm. because like arrogance is just the bad side of confidence which you have to have especially in theater right like you know like singing all the time is the bad side of like being really comfortable with your voice and wanting to share your art you know Mm -hmm. what i
1: mean so wait naya didn't talk about her stereotypes of a writer
2: oh yeah well i guess i (laughs) I think like when i I think of the stereotype of the writer it's definitely like the anti-social moody yeah i think of that like a bit overdramatic, but, like, in, like, a quiet way. Mm-hmm. And, like, they have, like, hidden trauma... And, like <laughs> spend all their time writing and, and you know what I mean I can be very moody and like because I think that like having really strong emotions is something that would push you to write right? yeah and like I say I'm 100% like an ambivert because I love spending time with people but at a certain point I just need to be alone with my thoughts um mm. I just need to be alone with my-
0: <laughs> <Ew>.
2: <laughs> right but like I almost want to be the stereotype because it's often seen as
1: like the qualification but i think like honestly like with all these art forms the reason that (gasps) these stereotypes are there is because like there's not enough diversity within the art form for like it to be possible that any type of person would be involved do you know what i mean yeah and i think that's like for us or for me at least like i don't want to speak generally but i would like to assume that you guys think this too like that's actually like a huge reason why I would choose to pursue my art form as a career. I just want there to be much more like representation and diversity in the field and like I feel like sometimes our society gives a lot more credit to celebrities than sometimes they necessarily deserve mm. as in like if a celebrity mm. says something we're so willing to accept it. Sometimes the people who are in who have the most influence like aren't great, but they get that influence from doing their art form so yeah. like I kind of want that platform to like make a positive impact on like the people who would listen to me
2: well I just think that the like nature of art is that it consumes your life yeah. because it's about life right like mm-hmm. I don't I mean I can't make any assumptions but if someone's like passion is math I don't assume that they like go home at the end of the day and they're like math you know what I mean <laughs> actually
1: that's what my mom does
2: oh well then I'm incorrect but <laughs> like she sees math as an art form Well, that's amazing, but... Well, um, that's an art form, you know?
0: (laughs) What if it was, like, math is, like, a school subject?
2: Well, actually, maybe even then. Oh, this is difficult. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know. I think if you work at the bank, you're passionate about numbers, you're passionate about math as, like, a greater concept, but you don't go home and think about, like, your job at the (laughs) bank. You know what I mean? And, like, even if you're really passionate about, like, the fundamental concepts of the stuff that you do there. But I think the very nature of art is that being an artist is who you are. Mm. And, like, I think a stereotype of all artists is, like, oh, like, the art consumes me. Like, Mm. we talk Mm. about the muse. Like, the art demands something from Mm -hmm. you. And, like, I don't know. It's just a very central part of your
1: entire being. If it's your only job, is your art, like, just because of the nature of art, like, you probably won't earn a lot of money for it. And then you start resenting it because it's not giving you a life, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not doing what you're searching for.
0: At the end of the day, I think it's all about balance, Mm -hmm. you know, not like giving your entire self to your art form, but Mm -hmm. knowing like when to take from it, when to give Mm -hmm. and when to just have time for yourself. And that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for joining us this week and make sure to stay tuned for the next one. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us, Week Dependent woman.